BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is the Bulls Talk Podcast presented by Coors Light. I'm Jason Goff, and I'm joined by Rob Schaefer and Casey Johnson from NBC Sports Chicago. Coming up on the show, we'll talk about the bubble, the bubble awards, the bubble MVP, the bubble coach of the year. We're going to say the word bubble as many times as we possibly can and some Bulls news and tie-ins as well. Born in the Rockies, Coors Light is lagered cold for a crisp, clean taste, filtered cold to ensure clarity and brightness, and packaged cold for peak refreshment because those who thirst for more deserve the world's most refreshing beer. All right, guys, we're here for another edition of the Bulls Talk podcast. Casey Johnson, Rob Schaefer, myself, Jason Goff. I jumped into a little Michael Jordan there myself. Uh, And our digital content producer, Tony Gill, as always. Fellas, the bubble is about to be a wrap uh, for the regular season, that is. And we are now in that weird area of there's been three months off, three and a half months off. It feels like a different season, although it's the same season. So we can get right into the bubble awards for these eight games, for these 22 teams that we've seen, who's fared the best, uh, who's stuck out to us. We've talked a little bit about these performances. No better way to wrap them up in a, in a nice, you know, cute box and throw it into the bubble awards, Bulls, Bulls Talk podcast version. Uh, Casey, uh, Rob, you want to go right at it and start with the bubble MVP. And mind you, this is for the bubble. Uh, if the MVP is the same as the person who it was for the regular season for you guys, fine. But, KC, let's start with you. Uh, the MVP for this bubble duration of basketball so far. Yeah, with all apologies to uh, T.J. Warren, I got to go with Damian Lillard. Uh, I know that he missed the high-profile free throws uh, at the end of the one loss, but uh, – to come back in the fashion that he did and to play at the level that he is playing at for critical games, obviously, uh, as Portland tries to force the, the, the play-in games uh, has been pretty special to watch. Uh, I think it's pretty well documented. He's one of the most underrated players in the league. I think he's just over the last couple of seasons starting to kind of get his national uh, recognition. He sometimes gets overlooked even for all NBA teams, which is crazy to me. Um, he, he's my bubble MVP for sure. Rob? Uh, I think that's a, a fair answer, and I'm, I'm inclined to give it to um, either Damian Lillard, because we're, we're taping this before we know kind of the end result of everybody's last games and how the playoff races shake out. Um, I think if the Suns really pull this off and go undefeated and get that uh, nine seed and a shot at the play-in, I, I'm inclined to give it to uh, Devin Booker. Just it, They're the story of the bubble um, for a bubble-specific award. He's been unconscious. Uh, obviously, Lillard's been on a crazy tear. But um, if the Suns do pull this off, uh, I'd probably give Booker a, a slight edge. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Booker as well. Uh, Damian Lillard has been outstanding, as, as KC mentioned. Was it 37-9 and or something like that in the bubble? He had the 50, then he topped it off with the 61 the next game and putting respect on his name. I'm, I'm here for all of that. Uh, you know, the John with Pat Bev and, 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 and Paul George. We got a different dynamic in this bubble, fellas, where dudes are going to be staying in the same hotel during this playoff run. So I'm looking forward to that. Or in the same premises, as I should say, because I believe only teams that are staying in the same hotel are the Thunder and the Rockets, if I'm not mistaken, that that have a, a playoff matchup in the first round or what could be a potential playoff matchup. So I, I, I'm going to go with Devin Booker. Um, you know, usually, well, there is no usual, but in this moment we were, we were seeing these teams who didn't really have a shot of making any real noise, but were kind of in the playoff hunt. That's what the Suns were, and they not only opened eyes, but, you know, I've been uh, I've been singing the praises of Devin Booker even when I shouldn't have been, where, you know, he, there, was a, there was a time there where he looked like he was getting ready to just be a really good player on a bad team. They messed around and threw him at point guard for a short stretch, and he's been been through a few coaching changes their ownership situation is a little weird out there in Phoenix he's had a lot of things go against him and all this time he's just been a sterling talent and he's still so young uh so I I I really there is no player that I've enjoyed more uh just taking in each one of these games that I normally wouldn't have and even though our guy Eddie Johnson out there he keeps me in tune with Phoenix Suns basketball Devin Booker man is is outstanding. And like you mentioned, if they go unbeaten in this bubble and, and, and ring the bells that they have rung so far, uh, I, w- I would be inclined to say that over these eight games, he has been to me uh, the most, and not only the most entertaining watch, but uh, the, the best watch uh, and, and probably the most valuable as well, seeing as how that team isn't very good, even sometimes, sometimes when he's on it. So uh, I'm going to go with Devin Booker. Uh, what do you say, Tony? Who, who do you got? Is it come down to just those two guys for you? Or is TJ Warren in there? Is Giannis Antetokounmpo in there? What do you got? I got to take Giannis out because of that hair. But, like, come on, man. What are we doing? He can't get MVP votes because he headbutted yeah, Mo no, no. What's going on? Uh, yeah, where do we do that at? Yeah. Uh, on the basketball court? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, y'all have had these cute, cuddly stars for so long that y'all don't look like a real like, – like what might be an inner bad guy creep out every once in a while. Giannis, Giannis shocked everybody. Like, that's not how MVPs are supposed to compose themselves. Yeah, like, cause, what? Because we know, we, know, we know well that if LeBron would hit but somebody, it would be the end of the world. So I can't I, – I, I can't, you know – Yeah, but there's different man. rules. Giannis ain't LeBron. I can't believe you, Tony. So <laughs> if he didn't headbutt the dude, you, you'd vote MVP for him. Mike, I, I, I might. I might. <laughs> oh, that money, that but, money doesn't change you, Tony. That money but, uh, <laughs> but I got, I got, I got to go with uh, Devin Booker, man. Wet like a book, bro. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he's. They have been shockingly good in this in this situation, and uh, I know the Suns organization is you know bad mouth and deservedly so. They're they're a terrible organization, <laughs> um, but. <laughs> Uh, but Devin Booker's been playing, and he's been playing really, really well. And, you know, they're undefeated. And obviously, what Rob said, we don't know uh, the results of the day of this recording right now of the, the mm-hmm. final games. But um, if T.J. Warren didn't shrivel up uh, when they actually played Miami and Jimmy Butler, I might have would have gave it to him. Dude, uh, I love, I love. But, 
you. I love you so much. TJ Warren plays out of his mind for a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden it's shriveling up. Yep. Maybe, maybe just maybe just the, the glass slipper kind of came off the foot, man. Maybe no, just... no, with great power comes great responsibility, oh, man. Geez. You want to play at that level? Now I'm going to judge you at that level. Oh, so, uh, but I got to give the book. He's been the most consistent. I like Damien's uh, play the last few games. Um, and, they, and they've obviously are playing well, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't think Devin Booker can be denied this bubble MVP. And that All right, so I don't usually uh, have <laughs> – Please do, KC. Yeah, come on now. Please do, KC. I've been waiting for y'all to stop letting me be the bad guy when it comes to Tony. Are Tony we just says a lot of wild shit, man. <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to all three of you. Are we, re- are we really just going to pretend that David Lillard didn't have – 45 and 12, 51 and 7, and 61 and 8 in three of his last four games. I, I think Devin Booker is a great as great of a story as anybody else. And clearly the Suns are the most fun story in the bubble. But I, we're acting like this is just like, oh, yeah, okay, David Lillard did that. But Devin Booker is a I mean, come on. By our, our, our lack of awareness. Yeah, we know he's been good, but he's been good for a long time. We need new good. Damn it. That's, you know what the NBA It's a narrative zone. It's a narrative. Yeah, yeah, and expectations like we've like like Jason just said we've seen these these performances from Damian Lillard and we kind of expect them, especially when his team needs him to do it. But like we don't expect anything from the Suns. I thought it was a complete waste of having the Suns in this in this bubble. In, in I still Earth. I still think they shouldn't have been there. I, I still yeah. think that's the team, to be honest, I'm glad it happened, but I still think it's the right take that they shouldn't have been there to begin with. Hey, can we have a conversation about Damian Lillard really quickly here before we move on to the next award? You know what I find amazing about this dude is for years, he was everybody's like garage band favorite point guard, right? And then he started to blow up. And with that came that superstar treatment. Like, you know, we, we've, we've talked about this KC before where he, you know, he talked about being an all-star. People weren't voting him into the all-star game. He took it, he took it very hard. And I, I appreciate it because one thing that Damian Lillard is, is honest. Like you can tell that he is himself at all times, whether it bothers people, whether it makes people happy. I mean, the LaMarcus Aldridge situation is very, very interesting to me where it's like a dude is like, hey, man, you want to ride with me? Because if you don't, you could beat it. And LaMarcus Aldridge is like, well, then I'll beat it. And, and Damian Lillard has, has held Portland down. But it, now there's that star turn that's getting ready to happen here where if you don't win championships, it's kind of like, to me, what Steph Curry would have gone through had Steph Curry not had all the things around him. Obviously, he's an amazing player, one of the greatest shooters, if not the greatest shooter of all time. But Steph was getting ready to be under that LeBron pressure of, okay, this has been cool, but when are you going to start winning? And I think right now is that moment. It, hell, last year, when he hit that – shot against OKC and he hit it against Paul George in his eye like I went crazy the world went crazy we loved watching it and then the next round they got drummed out and he got treated like a star should and he didn't he didn't like it right and 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 this year you know Dame Dollar he's he's growing he's he's you know he's arguably the best point guard in the NBA even with the Pat Beverly situation like you know, eagles don't fly with seagulls, dude. Like, I wouldn't have responded, and I'm happy he did because it made for great content for us. But, like, Dame, Damian Lillard is starting – not starting, but he is that superstar who I think the next round of questions, like with Joel Embiid and with Giannis, if he doesn't win this year, like those questions are getting ready to come hot and heavy. I'm just looking forward to seeing how he um, 
not only embraces that challenge, but like handles that because talking back to Skip Bayless and talking to Pat Beverly and, and reminding Paul George of all the things that you've you know done over the years, that's cool and all, but at some point this he's going to have to win something or else this ride is about to take a different turn. Am I wrong in thinking that, boys? No, and I think then you get into kind of most of the other aspect about his uh... – his his career and that is his loyalty to a small market franchise and mm-hmm. you you know Woj had a tweet yesterday um, and you know I've heard this I'm sure we've probably talked about it at some point off off mic uh, you know you could make a case that there no player means more to his community in the NBA than Damian Lillard I mean the way wow. he's embraced that uh, you know the the Portland doesn't have any other pro sports franchises it's a it's a, it's a rabid passionate fan base he's very heavily involved in community work both in that community and his hometown of Oakland so then you get into the whole you know the loyalty thing and and that's another aspect to him that I find incredibly impressive um so yes but I think it's a fair question I mean at some point it's got to be the the guy that you know isn't just the cute cuddly superstar up in the Northwest that a lot of guys (laughs) turn the games off before the the games even roll at some point you've got to you know if not win championships, at least compete for championships. Yeah, it, Rob, it, what do you think? Yeah, it goes back to what Tony said about if you're going to play up to that level, you start to be judged by that level. So now we're talking about someone who's made All-NBA, I think first or second team, three years in a row. Uh, I think he could finish top five in MVP voting this year. He's been hovering around the top five there for the last few years. So, like, he's on that level of superstar, mm-hmm. to me at least. Um, so I think it's totally fair to judge him by those standards. I admire, uh, as you uh, – elucidated there, Casey, I I admire the mentality that you don't want to skip any steps in this and that you want to stay true to the team that drafted you and the community that's been good to you. At the same time, and Tony, you tweeted this too, and I agree with you, I would not blame him if at some point that went out the window, if the situation became where, if it became a situation where I have to go somewhere else or else this is something I'm not going to get in my career, I wouldn't blame him. Um, it would be, you know, kind of a bummer. Like you'd want to see him if he's going to win it or if he's going to get that MVP level glory to do it in Portland. Uh, but it's just a tough thing with the with the era that we're in and kind of the way that um, player movement has trended. So I, I don't know. I, I know that this is kind of a predictable cycle of things. Um, I was surprised to see part, some of the flack coming from guys in Patrick Beverly and Paul George that, as Damian Lord said, he's eliminated in the very recent past. Um, that he's topped. So I was kind of surprised to see that and then um, to see Paul George kind of back off it immediately. Uh, but, you know, it's just kind of the natural way of things. So it's fun to follow at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you look at Allen Iverson, you look at other small guys who are as courageous as this dude is, even maybe more so, and carrying a franchise and a league full of big people and being the scorer that he is. Like, I have a feeling that Damian Lillard is going to go down as one of those great players who didn't win anything, but we respect it, if that makes any sense. Like, there's certain guys who get the respect for not not winning anything, but get the respect of, like, that dude gave it his all, and he was seemingly by himself, even though that wasn't the case with uh, Philly and, and Allen, and it's not the case with Dame in Portland. It's just those, there's those stories where it's built in where you're like, I'm not going to be mad if he doesn't win anything because you kind of know what the dude is built, uh, what he's made of. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Uh, let's get to the bubble coach of the year. Well, bubble coach of the bubble. Um, I think it's easy, right, guys? I mean, if, if the Suns win eight games in a row in this bubble, uh, it, it would have to be Monty Williams, no? Yeah, yep. but uh, I just want to – before we anoint Monty Williams, the coach Uh-oh. of the year, which I, th- which I think will be anonymous, I just, I just want to double-check. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, say that a guy who averaged 45 points and eight assists over the last four <laughs> games is, is, not, is not the MVP of the bubble. Okay, I just want to – Hey, Casey, your point has been made, my brother. Your point has been made. I just wanted to check that before we moved on. Okay. This All right. Is, this so. is like a point guard in my All-NBA Hey, I did not know that, that Casey was was the Dame stand like this. I'm loving it. Though. I'm loving it. Like, you're right, though, Casey. We're probably all crazy in the fact. Like I mentioned his numbers in passing to ch- try to get it out. Like, yeah, he's averaging 37 and nine in these eight games. Like any dude who averages 37 and nine for two weeks. Like Paul George a couple of years ago had like five good weeks of the season, and they were scattered around like in different portions of the season, and he got MVP votes. This dude has had two phenomenal weeks in, in an adverse circumstance that none of us have ever seen before. And we're all like, yeah, but, you know, Devin Booker's cool. So, you know, Devin Booker gets it. Yeah. But get it, but moving on to Monty Williams. Uh, so uh, uh, I, I, had a brief, I had a brief uh, Zoom chat with um, Cameron Payne. Uh, there's a sentence I never thought I'd be saying in my lifetime. Good man. Uh, after, after the Suns uh, got off to a good start. And, you know, he, he, he talked about Monty, who he also had in Oklahoma City when, when Monty Williams was an assistant coach there. And just his, um, his communication and his presence and his touch uh, as a big part of why Cameron is kind of playing with the confidence that he's playing with. So, I mean, you can – Obviously, the Suns are the the best team going or best story going in the bubble from my perspective. Um, And it's just, you know, I think you've got a lot of young talent there and you've got a guy who just kind of has that presence about him and that poise about him that I think resonates with that young talent. So kudos to Monty Williams and what the Suns are doing. I'd I'd concur with all that. Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely concur with all that. And, um, you know, I've only spoken to Monty Williams. I, I spoke to him once when um, the Suns were in town uh, to face the Bulls at some point before all the madness started. Um, and, yeah, you could just see it immediately talking to him, uh, the poise that you mentioned, Casey. Um, I, I don't think it's – you know, in, in retrospect, it seems so obvious. Obviously, it is a surprise um, to see Phoenix performing like this, but the way that he's brought along uh, the talent that they have 
Um, he, he Even at his last stop in New Orleans, I, I don't think it necessarily should have ended the way that it did. Um, I, I just think he's a great coach. And then when you look at the bubble sample, you know, if they're 7-1, and one, if they're 8-0, no, um, it's just it's a phenomenal coaching job. It's a great story. So I, I think it's an obvious pick. Now, do we do bubble rookie of the year uh, or rookie of the bubble? Uh, it, it would have to be uh, the young man in Denver, right? No doubt. Michael yeah. Porter Jr. is uh, – hell, he's probably up for a few of these awards because he started coming off the bench and then, he, you know, he took that small forward spot. But Michael Porter Jr. has been a revelation, and I know a few Bulls fans who are sitting there just sitting there thinking, man, that guy could have been a bull, but a lot of teams, a lot of teams passed on him because of that, uh, because of that, uh, that physical, because of that back issue. What were you saying, Tony? No, I was, I was one of those, those people. Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, man. I mean, I, 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 I got a lot of friends who went to Mizzou, so they were rooting for him to become a bull, and you know, all the Kevin Durant comparisons coming out of high school. Michael Porter Jr. has been phenomenal, and I think he's got one of the best coaches in the league, and Mike Malone to bring him along. You see the coaching happening in real time between he and Michael Porter Jr. Uh, they got, you know, there's a couple of teams that, that seem like they have too much talent, but they're going to have to let go of some really good players or move around some really good players. Toronto is one of them, as Rob has uh, illustrated, and also his Denver team with Michael Porter Jr. making a lot of a lot of tough decisions out there for Gary Harris and Will Barton and some really good players. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., the, the, the rookie of the bubble guys? I think he is, and I think we ac- actually we could we could kind of extrapolate to a larger point about that because uh, you, you mentioned the Malone angle, and you to me when you watch that Nuggets team play, you that 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 roster and that franchise kind of screams player development, um, and you look at guys obviously, um, and I'm obviously tying this into Arturis' uh, role with that franchise, and obviously very collaborative uh, situation with. Connolly running things out there and uh, Malone obviously and, and his staff but um, you, you've got second round picks uh, that are making big impacts obviously Jokic being the biggest example but Monte Morris is a is a pretty fine yeah, yeah. NBA player from from my yeah. estimation and then you know you get Michael Porter who I think was pretty well documented to be a top three top four talent in that draft but the the physical and the back issues scared a lot of teams off getting him as low as they did um and then really kind of working him in the right way and and you're seeing the fruits of that labor now so um if you're watching the nuggets at least when i watch the nuggets i try to kind of project uh, what kind of influence or touch our tourists will take from that situation and apply it to his new role with the bulls because that that's a really young athletic intriguing roster filled with two-way players and and Michael Porter Jr. is just another example of that you know I mean uh I was actually texting Rob during that Nuggets Lakers game and the Lakers had their best players out there and they were struggling against the Nuggets C team yep the whole game it took a game winner at the end for the Lakers to because Mike Malone pulled his starters like with four four or five minutes left uh in the fourth and they were giving the Lakers, like, a, a run. And I was like, I mean, all of this, you know, this young stuff, you know, with the Bulls, it's like, oh, you know, we're one of the youngest rosters in the league. And I'm like, it kind of throws it out the window when you see Denver develop everyone on their roster uh, and raise their basketball IQs that everybody is at league average or better in terms of knowing how to play the game. Uh, and so it just speaks to, again, what, what KC just said about 
um, hoping that our tourists can bring that type of mentality and development uh, to the Bulls who have a pretty decent core of young talent, um, but raising their level of play in-house so when they go out there on the floor, they're able to compete. Like, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, you hope that's the uh, you hope that's the end result. Um, watching Bowl Bowl, watching Michael Porter Jr., watching Monte Morris as as um, as Casey mentioned. I mean, Nikola Jokic is he doesn't have to be the only guy out there every night. Like, there's multiple guys on that team. So hopefully, AK and Mark Eversley can kind of put that culture and that kind of plan into place so the Bulls fans get get a chance to see something special. Because I don't know about you guys, but, like, the more games I watch out of this thing, like, I I was all about, okay, yeah, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks. I, I'm, I'm more up in the air now about who's going to win this thing than I was at any point during this season, during the restart, and now with this. I There are so many – like, the Toronto Raptors have – opened my eyes in ways that, you know, I know we joke, Rob and I, well, I joke about Kyle Lowry and, and Rob always, you know, defends Kyle Lowry, which, you know, we play our roles on this, on this podcast, but <laughs> Toronto has waves of talent. Like there was the Matt Thomas kid that they, they just played out there the other night for 20 some odd minutes. And Mark Jackson pretty much was like, whatever job I get, that guy is going to be uh, somewhere in my rotation. Like these these are the dudes who are developing that kind of talent. Nick Nurse, the Mike Malones of the world. And now you're watching pretty much with an off season of time off. These teams came back a little bit different. I, I the, the Lakers being shaky uh, is something that I didn't think we were going to see. And can I ask you guys this before we move on? Because this is general bubble talk. But Anthony Davis is like a top five player in the NBA. What do you have to go off of that you should trust Anthony Davis in these moments that we're about to watch? It's a good question. And and listen, I love Anthony Davis. I love him, right? But you see these splits between their losses and their wins, and it's like, wait a minute, I know why you're losing, but why why is eight shots or 10 shots even a thing? for Anthony Davis. Like when JaVale McGee has five and Dwight Howard has like six or seven and we're talking about a 12-shot game for Anthony Davis, uh, not being able to carry an NBA franchise to me um, only says so much. You know, you got to know what the infrastructure of that team organization is and all the other stuff and coaching and who's on on, on your, your team with you. But there, there are times when I'm sitting here looking at this restart, I'm like, wait a minute now. Um, how do I know that the, the, the switch is just going to be flipped just because he's a great player? And, and I'm sure Anthony's going to have these 40 and 15 games because we've seen it before in the playoffs. They've been swept out of as, as New Orleans Pelicans. But now I'm, like, I'm, still, I'm still up in the air of, okay, I know how good they are. I know how good he is. I know how, of course we know how good LeBron is, but I don't know what I'm going to be going off of no, saying that, you know what, I know in these moments – when it comes down to it, then Anthony Davis is going to assert himself as the best player on the floor. Yeah, I mean, in terms of playoff success, what's he got? He's got that one first round against Portland in 2018. Um, and, yeah, I, I think you're right to, to question that, certainly. I, I myself, am, and I was texting Tony about this the other day, too, I'm a little hesitant to judge a LeBron James team on anything that happens before the postseason. Um, I've just been duped too many times. So I'm, I'm reserving final judgment until then, but – 
Uh, I, Jason, I do agree with your larger point about the wide openness of this because you talk about Toronto and I mean, I, I respect and will laud the Raptors as much as anybody, but then you look at, you know, the Celtics come out and just wipe the floor with them a couple nights ago, beat them by, I mean, I think the final margin was like 22, but that was a 35, 40 point game uh, mm-hmm. at certain points. Um, Dallas is, I mean, can you script a scarier seven or six seed than Dallas? I mean, it's, it, so Houston's obviously pesky. It, it's going to be interesting. And um, I, I do keep thinking about how, um, Prescient Kenny Smith was when he talked uh, to you, Jason, on the Bulls Talk Pod a couple months ago or weeks ago or however long ago it was about kind of the unpredictability of this environment in terms of who was going to be able to step up and who was going to break out. Um, and I think that could really play out in the playoffs and we could see some surprises. I mean, uh, so I, I think all that adds up to a really exciting fan experience going in. Um and, I, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, Denver, we were talking about Michael Porter Jr. I'm not sure that I'm ready to put Denver on the L.A. level yet, but Michael Porter Jr. is the key to them getting to that level. I think that much is obvious. KC, uh, is Denver right now just a bunch of kids having fun? That's what I tweeted out the other day. Like, you could tell they're not quite there yet, but they're scary enough to, to, to make you stay up at night if you're scouting them or if you're trying to go up against them. Do, do you think that they're not re- – do you think they're ready for prime time right now? Well, that's actually – it's a great question, Jason. And when you were talking about the, the Anthony Davis stuff and also how some teams look shaky and vulnerable, and it, what I'm going to be curious at watching the playoffs is we all know it's been – it's a cliche, but it's been proven over time that um, outside of the bubble, playoff basketball is different than regular season basketball, right? And, and so I'm going to be curious because this restart has been unlike anything the league has ever experienced – you know, will that still apply? I mean, or are you going to have kind of a upstart, you know, young athletic team just kind of shock the world? I mean, typically, as as uh, we all know, playoff basketball slows down. It's more half court. It's more physical. It's usually t- uh, tending uh, lends itself better to defensive minded veteran uh, and experienced team. So um, we'll see. I mean, I. I don't think any of us have ever witnessed this before. So I'm, I'm going to be really curious to see how much different these playoff games are than what we've seen in these eight um, seeding games because uh, defense has been largely optional uh, in these eight games. And, <laughs> and, and, and there has – like They were going to play defense, though, Casey. There, yeah. There's a couple games like, oh, okay, I want to defend. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and, and there has been, has been some, you know, vulnerability shown by some of the teams you would kind of think would be past that, but will, will they be able to, to write themselves and, and flip the switch? Uh, I'm going to be watching like everybody else. All you need to know about experience is you saw that Kyle Kuzma, uh, game winner, which was so dramatic and, you know, Tony brought it up as well, but, you know, Bo Bowl and Mason Plumlee kind of screwing up a switch. You'd hate for that, uh, to cost you a playoff game, right? So. These are the times when, when those, uh, those things have to be sharpened. Uh, so do we want to do an all-bubble uh, team? I mean, I think we named, named a couple of the guys in Damian Lillard, uh, Giannis. Um, help me if I'm leaving anybody out here. Yeah, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I would have Giannis in the first team, to be honest. I mean, hasn't he missed? Uh, I, uh, I would have Harden there. I would have Doncic there, uh, uh, Booker and Lillard. Don't forget, don't forget Tony's man, T.J. Warren now. And, and, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where you're at. Is it T.J. Warren or is it Giannis for that fifth? I, I think those other four are indisputable from, from my perspective. What do you guys think? That's what I had written down, Casey, with T.J. Warren as opposed to, to Giannis. 
You're right, so, Tom. The headbutt's the tiebreaker for whoever you, whoever you're thinking about for that fifth spot. So Damian, Devin, Luca, TJ, and um, not Giannis and uh, James Harden. So you guys got that's what I would go with. Yeah, probably. Yeah, right. Harden to me is the swing one. Um, that that's the one that I could see making a case for someone else. But I, right. I think Luca, TJ, Book, and uh, Lillard are indisputable. Why 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 not Harden cement ironclad lock in that five? Um, I mean, I think it's just a case of – the numbers are obviously where they've always been. I think it's just a case of when I think of um, an all-bubble team, I'm just thinking of the dudes that have burst out in the bubble itself. So, I, obviously, this isn't real consequences, and I'm, I'm just thinking very micro level. Um, and maybe I'm just a little uh, desensitized to Harden's greatness. Um, so, I can admit a little a personal bias there. Kind of like apparently your defense are. it is to uh to Davey Lewis. Here we go. <laughs> I, won't say, I, won't say I won't say a bad word about Davey. <laughs> I never in my life. And we not listen in the in the, uh, the opportunity that we will get a chance to be, all be in person again. I uh, that that Casey Johnson glare of disapproval is real, and the fact that that Damian Lillard is not our bubble MVP, uh, we're gonna we're gonna feel that for the coming season. And, uh, and every time Portland is here, I think Casey's going to remind him as well that these guys didn't pick you to be the bubble MVP. Uh, anything else since the last time we potted that uh, that has stuck out to you about said bubble? Uh, I've got a chance to see the Clippers. And the Clippers are interesting to me because, you know, of course it takes the, you know, an end of the world pandemic for the Clippers to be a championship contender. Uh, but you, you, watching Kawhi Leonard – uh, move. It, it has the vibes of last year's playoffs where I know there's going to be nights where Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the floor in the world, all those things. But there, there, there's some times where Kawhi, you know, we, we talked about last year, there were games where Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam had, that's why Toronto was so awesome. They had to, they had to hold it down because Kawhi wasn't moving like himself. Are you guys worried about seeing that in this, this bubble restart or these playoffs coming up here? They've been hard to judge also. I mean, past Kawhi, uh, because obviously they haven't been whole. Um, so I, I've kind of just assumed they're going to get to where they need to be. Um, and Kawhi has shown that ability to kind of just be present and be awesome whenever needed in a, in a, in a run to a championship. So I, I personally um, – Oh boy, I was going to say I'm picking them to come out of the West. I I, I think I I still think we're headed headed towards Clippers Lakers, and that's going to be. I think we're. Not, I think I'll reserve judgment until I see how they play in the earlier rounds. But I you do you do want to see the Clippers get whole because they just haven't been have been right to this point. And I'll, one other thing about the Clippers, I'm glad I burned my uh, Joakim Noah uh, tweet uh, off the first uh, inter squad yeah. scrimmage game since uh, he's not getting any run now and doesn't look like he's going to be much of a factor in the bubble. Let me ask you boys this. Uh, which team, if upset before the Western Conference Finals, would you be more surprised by? The Lakers or the Clippers? Clippers for me. Mm. I, we got to see how the, the seating breaks down. Um, I would probably say Clippers by a hair, too. Yeah, it seems like the Lakers are going to play uh, the, the winner of Thunder Rockets. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. so that's that's a tough matchup for Illinois. That's that's a tough matchup for them. If it's Houston, um, obviously Oklahoma City is a feisty team too. But if it's Houston, I would be concerned about that matchup. All right, Casey, the mailbag. Anything that stuck out to you in terms of the tenor of the questions, or are Bulls fans just happy and everything's just checking in on the family? 
Well, I think the, the interesting thing about the mailbag is that it always gives you an opportunity to kind of reset things with uh, where things stand on Jim Boylan, which is obviously dominating the conversation. Um, so uh, I, I found that some of the questions about Jim were actually creative and, and allowed me to kind of tackle some different uh, uh, angles and topics. Um, so check it out at NBCSportsChicago.com. But uh, it's still dominated by Jim Boylan and will be until uh, – they publicly, the new management regime publicly addresses his status, um, and uh, we'll see as we move into the lottery phase if that if that happens soon. I have a feeling that it is a story that is not going to go away very soon, uh, for whatever reasons. Uh, so that is it for this so, bulls. Can I, can I break some news before we go? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, Westbrook, uh, Russell Westbrook with a strained right quad is going to miss the start of Houston's first round series. So, I mean, that's something to watch with Houston. We just, we just talked about it briefly. Man, I think he's the, he might be the most important player on that team. So that's tough. That's tough. Their pace, their pace obviously changes. Like the, the small ball thing is cool, but getting up and down with small ball is, is the thing that Mike D'Antoni wants to do. Their pace change, obviously when Russell is in there. So we'll see if, they settle back into their regular driving kick, slower paced offense, as opposed to one man fast break that Russell is. That's going to that's gonna hurt. And plus you wanted to see Russell whole going up against his old squad and Chris Paul, you know, everything that happened. Uh, so, yeah, well, we'll be keeping our eyes on that for Casey Johnson, Rob Schaefer, my man, Tony Gill, I'm Jason Goff. Thank you so much for listening to the Bulls Talk Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the Bulls Talk Podcast presented by Coors Light. Find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Subscribe if you like the show because you know you like the show. Feel free to rate and review us. You can also tell your smart speaker to play Bulls Talk Podcast. It's as simple as that. New episodes are ready every Tuesday and Friday morning. Until then, take care of each other. Be safe. See you later.